Hello, and welcome to episode 1095 of The Sleeper in the Bust. It is Tuesday, September 6th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir. Good morning. How you doing? I'm doing pretty well. How about yourself? Uh, I'm doing okay right now. It, it's going to get hot. It hit 114 yesterday here. Um, and, uh, I mean, it was 114. Uh, I did not record last night. Usually I record on Monday nights with, with Dave at the, for the friends of Fantasy benefits podcast. Um, because at 7 PM when we were supposed to record, it was still 102 degrees. Oh, and I still do not have AC in the office. It's insulated and stuff, but like, there's just nothing you can do for one. 14 or 102 yeah like i i didn't even start writing the road right up till midnight uh when it was still 85 degrees outside hey you're talking to a texan so i i know i know those numbers they get uh they get way too high and they never seem to come down and we've been getting a little bit a little bit cooler in the morning you'd start to feel it kind of coming in a little bit uh again relative to the scalding hot summer uh, but Justin, it's a home stretch, man. You mentioned that you're doing tout daily tonight. Obviously, people are chasing down their leagues. Uh, football is about to start, so that's taking a lot of people's attention. But baseball is kicking into that overdrive there. Fantasy leagues, everything's getting so intense. If you're chasing down a title, you know the intensity of looking at every at bat, every pitching, uh, every inning that you get, and uh, it's it's a crazy time. But I want to take a step back and look at some players that we liked this year that simply haven't panned out. Uh, one of them, the first guy we're going to talk about is actually having a little bit of a star turn. So it's going to sound weird, the framing there uh, and then hearing that guy's name, but we'll explain it because to be honest, the fantasy goodness hasn't necessarily been there, but these are 13 guys that we're looking at. We liked coming into the year and I don't think we're quitting them because they still have a lot of upside. A lot of them are, are rookies from this year. Uh, maybe second-year guys, but they don't have a lot of experience. They haven't had a lot of greatness yet, but we're staying with them. So these are our 2023 rebuys, guys that we're going to dive back in on. And let's start with the one I was hinting at there who's actually had a bit of a star-level turn. That's Gavin Lux. You're looking at him saying, well, what 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 hasn't he done? He's 127. He has a 127 WRC+, plus, which is wonderful, uh, from a 90 last year. He has 3.2 war. He's having a great season. What do you mean you guys are going to rebuy? Of course you are. Yeah, but the fantasy goodness simply hasn't been there. I love the 293 average, but six homers, seven steals. So it's kind of a, de a deceiving type season where the performance has been strong, but he's been better real life than fantasy. And yet neither of us are looking to quit Gavin Lux. How have you seen him this year? And, and what are you looking forward to next year with Gavin Lux? Mm. I mean, it's all going to depend on like where he's going in drafts. I, I mean, I've, I've loved Gavin Lux since he was a prospect. Like, I really thought he was going to turn into a stud. I still think the path is there. I mean, he hits the ball hard. The problem is he hits the ball like at a very low launch angle. And so, like, it's a seven degree launch angle this year. Uh, he has definitely gotten lucky too on balls in play. Uh, you know, he's got an XBA of like 250, 256. Mm -hmm. So, like, he's gotten some luck, but like, there's power, there's speed. It's a fantastic lineup. And it feels like finally the Dodgers are committed to him, right? It just yes. took way too long. But um, it didn't at the same time. Like, I hear that, mm -hmm. but it, he's 24. But it feels like, hey, we've been, we've been waiting for Gavin Lux for a while. And yet, this is really just his first full season he had 381 plate appearances last year 418 this year but i totally get the vibe that you're saying of like it finally because he's been around for parts of the last four seasons 
Yeah, he's going to be multi-positional eligible next year, which is great. Second and outfield, he loses the mm-hmm. shortstop eligibility. Well, depends. I mean, Yahoo, he could get it. I mean, Yahoo's a 10-game uh, preseason mm. eligibility. He's at eight, so, I mean, he could uh, he could be uh, in Yahoo. That's so, fair. Uh, I should that say being, standard, he won't get it yes. because he would need uh, 12 more, and he's not going to get 12 mm-hmm. more for a gap in lungs. So, yeah, I mean – I th- there's obviously another level to Gavin Lux. The question is, can he make the adjustments in order to raise that launch angle without starting to strike out? Because I mean, the one thing he has done a really, really great job in, in you know, um, this year and last year is keeping that strikeout rate around 20%. His plate skills um, are strong for Gavin mm-hmm. Lux and a double digit walk rate to 11% the last two years. So that foundation is very nice to work off of. I see it a little bit right now in something of a uh, power outage version of, of Alex Bregman. I mean, not quite the same, but it's that sort of thing where uh, on a lower level, until Bregman really got going this second half, you were happy with the fact that he was a positive player, but there really wasn't a whole lot there. And then he's taken a, a big home run surge, and now he's up to 20. So, again, think like last year Bregman or, or first half Bregman this year. It's that kind of vibe on a bit of a lower level. What can Lux reasonably do if he finds that power, though? Are we talking like 2015 uh, with a 300 average? Do you think the power could be more? Is there 30 homer power in this bat? Like his game power has gotten a 60 grade uh, with a raw of of 65. Like he's supposed to have big time power. Can Gavin Lux get there? uh, Or will it take multiple years, perhaps? Yeah, I think it would take multiple years. I mean, like the the max exit velocity is it's okay, it's good, it's not great or anything like that. The average exit velocity is is kind of sub uh, subpar. Um, I so I mean, I like I wouldn't expect like him like even if he raised the launch angle and look, he doesn't need to like raise it to like twenty or anything like that. But if he could just get it in the teens, um, yeah, like I think he could be a twenty twenty guy potentially. Um, That'd be great, obviously. You know, and that obviously that ceiling, you know, who knows uh, what we'll actually see from him. But, like, I don't think he's going to be super expensive. I think he'll probably go in, like, the Josh Rojas, like, just outside the top 200 kind of area. Um, and potentially be, a, like, a Josh Rojas-type breakout. Like, Rojas had, like, this breakout this year that nobody seems to be talking about other than Alex I was, Chamberlain. I was going to say, like... Um, you know, I've been I've been focusing on the Diamondbacks lately because they're crushing righties right now, and you need to be very careful with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, start your stud righties: Darvish, Musgrove. Uh, they Woodruff. got your Woodruff and Burns. Like you're not going to mm-hmm. sit them against them. But in a couple weeks, like when they play the Giants, maybe you're not starting Logan Webb. Maybe you're not starting Alex Cobb because uh, they're tough on they're tough on righties. But Rojas, he has like 17 steals. Hang on, I just looked at yeah. it today. He had a steal yesterday for his 19th. He's seven and nineteen, so he also needs to get to his power. We could have included him here on this list, to be honest, because he's also having like a decent season, but he hasn't quite broken through. So let's bring mm-hmm. in Josh Rojas here. I'm going to add him to this list because I think you're sticking with him next year too, right? Yeah, absolutely. I wish I stuck with him more this year. I mean, I got him on a few teams, but uh, I just wasn't as aggressive as I had been previously. And really what it was was like, you you know, I think the hand injury really kind of sapped a lot of his power last year. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I mean, he's making, you know, just above average, you know, zone contact this year, but he's not swinging outside the zone. 
Um, you know, he's got like a 20% O swing this year, you know, which is giving him a, you know, double digit walk rate with a sub 20% strikeout rate. And this is Josh maybe- Rojas, by the way, just uh, <laughs> so people are clear, we've moved on from Lux. Rojas putting up a, a good season as well, but no pop. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, he's got a, a very similar issue to Lux where the launch angle is just a little, I mean, it's, it's higher than Lux's, right? So Rojas has a 12 degree to uh, Lux, a seven degree launch angle, but that's still, especially when you're a guy who doesn't have prodigious power, uh, plays in a park like Arizona, which isn't, you know, Pretty kind neutral. of friendly to, yeah. no, I remember we, we, we looked at it. It's not neutral. It's oh, neutral. that's right. That's it's right. A yeah, yeah, yeah. Park. So yeah, it's just it the humidor. So, um, uh, yeah, I mean, he's a guy who's, who maybe in a different environment might be challenging teens home runs, but not in that environment. He's, you know, got seven with the 19 seals. We'll take the 19 stolen bases, right? Crazy um, thing is we don't know what's going to be happening with the ball again next year. That's, that's yeah. the messed up part, but yeah, it's a 90 home run park factor for lefties in Arizona, which the interesting thing is that they're surging because of their left-hand guys like Roas, Jake McCarthy, Dalton Varsho, Corbin Carroll, Alec Thomas, all lefties. Mm-hmm. So that park hurts them a bit, but it hasn't stopped them from, from really popping off. So I think Rojas and Lux will go in, in similar ranges there. You're saying late 100s, early 200s. Where's Rojas qualify next year? Rojas is just, is going to qualify at third for sure and possibly second, depending on how many games. He's got 17 games at, at second. Okay. So maybe he gets there, depending on what the uh, Diamondbacks, I think, have been playing him. Let's, he's let's been see. playing. He played two at second, two at third, and one at DH last week for Josh. Yeah, so he's, yeah he's, he's, been play, he's been playing a lot of second base. He's got a good yeah. shot to get get second as well. So second, third. Uh, mm-hmm. Would you take – Lux or Rojas, push come to shove. Oh, I'm gonna take Rojas for sure. I think Rojas goes much higher actually because he's think. he's done more and and then yeah. he's gonna have 20 steals. Uh, yeah, 20 Ro- steal that's gonna stand out on the page. Rojas is gonna be a guy going inside of the, like the top 150. Lux, I think, goes outside the top 200. Okay, um, so that's that team, split. I I, I'd be open to both. I'd be open to getting Rojas and then swooping back and getting Lux. You just have to make sure you get your power early. So, like, exactly. if, you, if you start with like some, That's you know, if you start with a judge, um, you know, if, you know, maybe Pete Alonzo, Pete Alonzo, you get a couple guys like that, and you go, oh, I need some cheap stolen bases, maybe some batting average. That's when you start really looking at uh, a guy like uh, Rojas and then a guy like Lux. Maybe you only take one of them and pair him with this guy, Nolan Gorman, who you bought mm-hmm. in our main event at a decent penny and he hasn't been bad, but he hasn't gone crazy either. 232, 303, 422 line with 13 homers, 33 ribbies, 43 runs in 82 games. Gives you the chance to do the easy uh, double up there uh, for the extrapolation. But even that wouldn't be an eye popping season. Power's been fine. 190 ISO. That's all right. Guys, you know, figuring it out at the major league level. He's got a lot more though. And the question is, will he get to it with the contact? 32% strikeout rate. We knew that that would be the one thing that could really get Gorman. 232 average, palatable. You're not losing your head over that uh, in today's context. But it definitely gives him that all-or-nothing feel. You're going to buy back in on Gorman after this half season that you've seen thus far. Yeah, I mean, you got to love the underlying numbers for the power, right? Like 110 max exit velocity, mm-hmm. um, 14% barrel rate. Uh, a guy who just, you know, when he makes contact, he smokes it. 
the problem the is, yeah, the problem is the whole when he makes contact thing. He's got like a 79% zone contact rate uh, since August 1st, um, and that is a, a fair amount below league average, swings outside of the zone 30% of the time. Yeah, you know, and he's he's very aggressive, especially in the zone. He's you know mm-hmm. 80, almost eighty percent uh, zone swing percentage. So uh, when you're swinging that much in the zone and you're not making contact, that's a really issue. Um, and on the other the other negative is he's been bad defensively. So like I'm just and, I'm, and St. Louis really is, favors their defense. Uh huh. Yeah. So I mean, you're talking about you know, yeah, a team that you know is known for premium defense, uh, and he is the clear uh, hole on in that uh, infield. So I will say, at least you know, just looking in the short term here, last week, and first off, he only played three of of the six games listed. Two of them were against lefties that he sat. They're at least still playing him at second over Donovan, who's been DHing. So at least they're not just putting Gorman at DH and giving up on him being a defender, right? I, I, I'm i slightly encouraged by that, that they don't want to just pigeonhole a 22-year-old into DH. He's only going to get better by playing the position, so I'm glad that they're still keeping him out there pretty consistently at second base. Um, but obviously, if it, gets, if it gets too bad, then it'll cost him playing time or it'll – relegate him to DH, but uh, we don't have to worry about that yet. He'll have plenty of second base eligibility next year for Nolan Gorman. Do you think he takes a step forward with the power? Yeah. I also want to mention like second base isn't his natural position. Like he came up as a third. That's right. And That's he had right. to move over because they, they are an auto trade. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I'm going to go back to Nolan Gorman because I don't think he's going to be super expensive. Like I, I don't, don't either. Think, I think he's going to be very affordable. cheap and, Second base is not second base is pretty ugly, not as ugly as third base, but second base is going to continue to be kind of um, uh, a position where you either want to attack it very early and get a stud or you want to wait because there are going to be some guys, you know, like like Gorman, like Jonathan India um, that are going to be kind of, you know, last year's trash is this year's treasure. So yeah, I like, I like Gorman at an MI after you got a good second mm-hmm. baseman somewhere and he could be your breakout guy. Definitely. I, I, I like Gorman be easy to go back to the well. Cause I, I don't think the price is going to be too expensive. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be expensive on this guy either. Let's go with a couple of tigers. We'll start with Riley or we'll start with Spencer Truggles. And we'll get to Riley green in a moment. Who's been better, but uh, Torque was a nightmare. He's obviously going to go even cheaper than somebody like Gorman, but that's another guy whose power could certainly pop off next year after a disastrous first season. He didn't go down to AAA and exactly tear it up either, which is certainly not uh, all that encouraging. He was league average down there, put up an even 100 WRC plus with five homers. Uh, It's five homers and a 72 WRC plus in the majors. Again, I said it multiple times this year. I don't look at him and see somebody who doesn't, have it like i really don't it's been bad i'm not going to try to spin spin it beyond that but i'm buying back because i don't think the price is going to be expensive and he's certainly i mean <laughs> i hope this is the case but he can't be worse next year can he justin please say no why even if you believe he can be worse next year but uh seriously i i, I think he'll be fine i'm buying back in on torkelson very easily yeah, I don't, and you know, maybe maybe you can answer this better. I Me, mean, because you obviously watch more Tigers games than I do. I don't know why he's been this bad. Like the he numbers isn't striking the ball well enough yet, and yeah. I, I, it's one of those things again. Like, and this is all like anecdotal. You can't put a whole lot into it. I understand that. 
but he looks the part of a major leaguer. And if, if a few extra homers were going, if his homer to fly ball rate was 12%, 15% instead of 7%, I don't think we'd be as panicked. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of stating the obvious though, right? Because then he'd have a few more homers. Duh, it would look better. But I'm saying like those like extra f- four homers, which would basically double his rate. I understand that. But if he had 10 homers right now, just double it. 10 homers and 310 plate appearances. You'd be a lot less panicked, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. But, um, and, and it's not that different. Like five homers, it is doubling his rate, but it's not like, I'm not saying what if he was great, you'd think he was great, right? I'm saying what if he was just random, like what if he was just run-of-the-mill bad as opposed to horrendous, which a 72 WRC plus from Spencer Torkelson is horrendous. I don't know. Maybe I'm just looking at it through orange and blue colored glasses, but I just don't see somebody here who doesn't belong. Everything stands out except for the fact that like, or everything stands up as like fine, except for the fact that he did not strike the ball well enough, which is supposed to be the one thing that he was supposed to do. 7% barrel, 7% homer to fly ball. I just don't think he can stay that bad next year. I'm going to, I'm going to buy the discounted uh, Spencer Torkelson because he's going to be so cheap. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. I mean, you know, when he, when he makes, you know, solid contact, it, the ball goes fast. Um, you know, we're talking about 111 uh, max exit velocity. Zone contact's fine. Like it's right there, a little bit above league average at 86%. So like, he doesn't I'm, chase a ton. Like he's not flat. No, he doesn't strike rate is low. Like he, I'm telling you, man. I swear, like, stick with me, y'all, on mm-hmm. this Torkelson thing. He he's not terrible. I really I watch every damn game, and I just don't see somebody who's overmatched. And, and needs to be in the minors. He didn't play well. I, I can't spin it to say he played well, but I just, I've been frustrated by it. And I think you can hear the frustration in my voice because I don't understand why he sucks. I can't figure it out. Like yeah. it, it doesn't make sense to me why he's been so bad. No, I, I don't, I don't honestly get it either. So like, I, I think I'm with you. I think, I think he's a pretty easy kind of buy back uh, next season. Um, when he will be, I mean, he was cheap this year. He was cheap, like, exactly. So. And he's not going to cost, like, yeah. I know people get mad when everyone says free because a lot of people say like it's 10th rounder. He's free. That's not, that's not free, but we're yeah. talking like possibly 20th round here for like, he's not going to be expensive. Yeah. And if you want to take the buyback, it'll be easy for you. Now green will be more expensive, but I, I included him too, because he hasn't exactly set the world on fire. And I think unless he finishes crazy these last three weeks, I think the off-season uh, like review of him will be pretty negative. It'll be like, okay, five homers, one for five on the bases, 254 average, 30% K rate. What are we getting here? Again, I see a 21-year-old who, who certainly looks the part, looks like he belongs, and he hasn't been great either. But there's a lot more factors in his profile for Riley Green that are positive than there were for Torque. It'll be a more expensive profile, but I still don't think it'll be uh, – Cost prohibitive. I'll be buying back in on on Riley Green next year with the expectation that I can get twenty something homers with like a a, a two two seventy type average. That's kind of what I'm looking for. I am concerned about the speed though. I never really thought it was a major component of his game. He's not particularly fast in terms of raw speed, and one for five on the bases is horrendous. So I think he is more of a power batting average type guy, which means he also needs the lineup to improve to really deliver fantasy value because of runs and ribbies too. So. I will say, Riley Green is not like a fantasy superstar in the making, but I do think he's better than what we've seen thus far. What about you? I don't get why he's been this bad either. Like he's been a got, rough season being a Tigers fan, dude. 
got a ten and a half percent swinging strike rate, but a thirty percent strikeout rate. I, like while making above league average zone contact, right? Like eighty-seven percent zone contact. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the problem is he's swinging outside the zone over thirty percent time, almost a third of the time. Like so, um, we need him to get back to the guy he was in the minor leagues, which was a guy who really had really good understanding of the strike zone, right? Yes. Like you know. Um, you know, walked at double-digit 14% rates, you know, all throughout the minors, and then gets the majors, and it's like, I got to swing. No, you don't got to swing. No, you, you don't. Have, it's like, no, I got to save know. this team. I'm going to swing. I'm going to save yeah. this team. So uh, I, I think uh, I think if he can kind of maybe just take a breath, calm down, change the plate approach back to what worked in the minor leagues, I think you could see a guy who's going to get challenged, uh, need to be challenged a little bit more once he gets ahead in the counts. Uh, and he can drive those balls. The, the power is evident. Uh, yeah, the the stolen base attempts. Um, oh, that's not good. But G- give it uh, up with that. You know, like, th- th- it's not there for him. And he's not fast. No, like, but I've, there's I've no argued reason. this with some of my Tiger friend friends. Like he's not fast. The uh, there's no reason he can't be like the Anthony Santander of this year, like or next year, like right. Yep. Like he, you know, how good's he guy- been, by the way. Oh man, that's one of my better calls of the year is Santander. Um, so uh, the Orioles in general, man, they're just fun. They're just they so really fun, are. Fun dropping that doubleheader is brutal, though. Uh-huh. Yeah, like, you, you can't drop a doubleheader to the team you're chasing. I, I feel mm-hmm. so bad for them because it's not the nail in the coffin, but it's again, it's it's starting to get that first hammer mm-hmm. on the nail there. But still uh, plenty been, of time. Still plenty yeah, of there's time. still time, and they got. Tons more games against the Jays, so they, they mm-hmm. control their own fate. So, um, Torque and Green, uh, give a guesstimation of where you think they're going to be going next year. Uh, I mean, like I said, I think Torkelson is probably not even drafted in 10-team leagues, maybe a last-round pick in 12s, and, you know, somewhere in the early 20s in 15s. Uh, Green probably goes about five rounds ahead, so last pick. Um in you know maybe your last round pick in tens, uh, in twelves you're looking at a guy maybe around the fifteenth or you no know, no no around the around the twentieth round and then probably fifteenth uh, round in uh, in fifteens be my guess. So uh, I think those are all fair prices. I drafted both of these guys in my three sport league. Um, it's kind of late flyers guys who you know they I if they struggle out of the gate. And I don't want to hold on to them. I can I can drop them because I, I haven't yep. invested a ton. Uh, but I think they still have a pretty good upside and a pretty reasonable chance to get to at least you know seventy five percent of that upside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm with all that on Riley Green and Spencer Torkelson. I'll be buying back. Let's go out to Pittsburgh, another crummy team with a couple guys that people were interested in, and uh, neither of whom have really wow. Well, I shouldn't say I shouldn't frame it like that. O'Neill Cruz has definitely wowed because when he does mm-hmm. things, it's amazing. It's just that it's uh, the rarity with which he does them with an 83, uh, 83%, 38% strikeout rate is the problem there. So he only has an 85 WRC plus, but he does have 12 homers, six steals. He's six for 10 on the bases. So again, you've seen some of the electricity with, with O'Neill Cruz, but the consistency certainly hasn't been there. And then Cabrian Hayes will get to in a moment. Um, also hasn't really been there. He also has an 87 WRC plus. But let's start with O'Neill Cruz. I'm not so sure he'll be cheap, though, even with the 85 WRC plus. Because he's had such standout moments, he has 12 homers. 
he's probably going to end with like what 15 homers, eight steals type of deal. I think he can go three homers, two steals the rest of the way, something like that. I think that'll be too, too alluring for people. I think he has a chance to maybe be expensive. I still might be interested in a rebuy there. So I wanted to include him on the list because he is so electric. What do you think of O'Neill Cruz? What we've seen out of him in 242 plate appearances and where are you at for next year with him? Okay. He does not qualify yet because he's not had enough batted ball events. Okay. But, but where do you think he would rank on the max exit velocity? Fourth. First. First. I should have just said first. I should have. I, I was I was trying to outthink it and get cute. He would be above Giancarlo Stanton, um, who's got the 119.8. His is 122.3. We're not even like, it wouldn't even be close. Like, I mean. That is nutty. Um, and that alone will keep his price sky high. Yes. Um, and here's the thing. What, what it, we, it, wait, let's put a few numbers. Like, what are we thinking when we say sky? Because we both just said that he O'Neill Cruz is going to be mad expensive. I think within the top 120. Yeah, I think he's top 100 pick next year. Yeah, okay. You'd um, say just flat out top 100. Okay. Yeah. I, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Continue. Here's the I'm problem. Sorry. Here's the problem. And, and, and for those like those of you who started listening halfway through the season or you know early on in the season, you, you weren't around for hearing me gush about O'Neill Cruz all preseason. Because I don't know if there's anybody higher on him in the industry for this year than me. There was a um, lot of love coming in especially because for a while it looked like he was going to be the man mm -hmm. and i think that's what we got fooled by early on because he was just penciled in and listen this is no slam on on jason over at uh, roster resource but that's a bible and so when he has somebody mm -hmm. listed somewhere people take it for a bible and same thing happened with uh discounting uh dj lemayhew because he was seen as a bench guy but yep. anyway he's he's faded health-wise but yeah so give us your thoughts on o'neill cruz uh will, will you pay that top 100 pick because you loved him you absolutely loved him he hasn't been great are you dissuaded by that i mean it's the contact skills like the contact skills are are not good like it's um, and I mean, it's actually not as bad as I thought it was going to be now that I'm looking at it because I mean, he's striking out like a 37% clip, but his swing strike rate is 15%, so it should be closer to 30%. Swing outside the zone 35% of the time, almost 36% of the time. Like, that's not atrocious necessarily, but it's <laughs> not good. It's not good, yeah. Um, it, it's bad, it is bad, 82%. Um, zone contact percentage is bad. The tools, man, the tools are just so, so tantalizing. They're, like, pretty, just, they're pretty hot. Like, I just, um, the hard part is, like, uh, it looks like, according to his defensive metrics, he's actually been bad defensively. Um, I mean, he's just man. so raw. O'Neill Cruz is just a complete raw talent. And, and like, he, he epitomizes that phrase better mm -hmm. than anybody. Because you can see the amazing greatness at times, but then you can see where it's like, okay, there's still lots of issues to be overcome here with, with O'Neill Cruz. Yeah, I mean, like, it's so hard because when he does make contact, it's beautiful. It, it's absolutely beautiful. 
Uh, and like, we're not, we haven't even talked about the fact that we, he can steal bases too. Like he's six four ten, So like, it hasn't been perfect, but like, he's got wheels. Mm-hmm. Um, I will probably go back to the well on it. I probably shouldn't though. Um, and that's that, that, I mean, that's the honest truth of it is. Yeah. I probably, I probably going to be shouldn't. expensive. Yeah. Because I mean, like, it's not like he even walks like a ton where mm-hmm. like, Hey, he'll, he'll be on base. So he'll pick you up some extra stolen bases. Like he has to do it all with a bat. And that, that contact profile is I mean it's Joey Gallo esque like we're yes. talking like a guy like and you know a guy who when he hits the ball the ball goes far but he don't hit that ball like and, yep that's the perfect um, comparison by the way and I'm I'm just afraid that until he starts to become more patient at the play and really wait for his pitch a little bit stop being so aggressive outside of the zone and inside of the zone um, that we're going to have really, really low batting averages. And when you're, when you're talking about a guy who's a top hundred pick, I don't know that you that gamble like that. Like I think yeah, when you're coming in with the, the shortstop, ahead, position, shortstop position is so deep and it's like, he's going to go ahead of established shortstops that he should not go out of because people are looking for league winners. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't, I'm trying to talk myself out of it. But is it working? I, I, I love O'Neill Cruz and I, I know. know I know he's gonna end up on some of my teams. And I think my hope is that I'm gonna try to draft him early uh in the season so I get my fill by the time my more expensive leagues come around. Bef- uh, yeah, and before maybe the price because it could be one of those that, that starts particularly high and then just keeps going up. Yeah. Like because he's going to have such believers. This again, O'Neill Cruz that we're talking about that people are going to be like, oh, I've got to get my guy. And it's just going to be one of those. I, I could see him being like, you know, come um, uh, come what to call time, uh, main event time. What if he's a top 75 pick? Would, would that would that blow your mind? No, because, I mean, you're looking at a guy who is going to finish with around half of a season and probably have 16 or 17 home runs in eight or nine eight, eight, stolen eight, bases. Eight, yeah. And, and so people, double up. people are going to double that up and go, he's a 30, 15 guy. Like, I don't care if he, you know, if he, if he hits 200, like, well, mm-hmm. I do one, I do care if he hits 200. Um, and two, like, I don't know that you can do that. Like, oh, man, it's so hard because I do, I see the upsides. Like I do like it. And, and I'm, it's not even the upside. It's like, he's just going to keep doing what he's doing. Um, and if he could maybe get some Babbitt luck, you know, we could see like a Joey Gallo, you know, the, you know, the year Joey Gallo hit 240 and was like yep. a league winner. Like, I mean, like that, he could potentially be that. Um, I just think inside of the top 100, you're in, especially with the depth. Of the sh- if he was playing third base, I'd be all over this. But he's not. He's playing shortstop. And, you know, you're going to get a guy, you're going to get a guy like Danzy Sponson or, um, oh, or Andres Jimenez. Him who went outside the top 150 or the top, you know, 130 mm-hmm. uh, and really carried your team. Um, and I, th- I think, uh, I think it's probably going to be a mistake to draft my boy, even though he's my boy. Yep. Uh, I, I think you've, you've said it all very well there with regards to O'Neill Cruz. Now let's talk to Brian Hayes. He's been around all year. Listen, 
Uh, 87 WRC plus is not what I had, but I feel, I feel like I, I got it right here with the focus on the speed. And that was one of the things we were talking about. I didn't, I didn't think the power was going to come this year. The speed was why I was drafting him. I thought I was going to come with a better batting average though. So I'm not taking full credit here on Cabrizi. I was hoping for like a 265, 270 batting average with upwards of 15, 20 steals. We got 14 steals, but only a 242 average. So partial credit on him. I'm going back to the well then. I do think that the power can develop. It still might not come next year. I think he'll hit the double digits. Remember, he only played 112 games too, so he, he's missed some time. He probably would have reached double digits with a full season or, or been closer to. Uh, but I think as the hit tool develops, as the power gets there, Cabrizi's still a guy I'm going to continue to invest in. I don't think the price will be too high next year. I'll be buying back in on what I think is a pretty fair price for the third baseman. He'll be just 26. What do you think about Cabrian Hayes? And is he somebody you'll buy back in on too? I mean, I'm, I've been a big fan of uh, Hayes as well. I think the problem with Hayes is the exact opposite problem uh, of, uh, of O'Neill Cruz is that uh, he plays third base. And because yes. he plays third base and – the pool is so shallow that oh, that I see position, where you're going. You're gonna he's going to get he's going to go too early, earlier than his skills say he should. Um, and he's got 50% ground ball. Let's, rate. let's wrap this out though. Cause I, I hear you. I don't think it's going to happen. I hear you as a, it's a threat to happen though, but let's go ahead and go look through third baseman real quick. So the third baseman, Ramirez, Machado, Riley, Arenado, Devers, Witt, Bregman, Chapman, Rojas, if I say somebody you don't think is going to go over him, tell me. A. Eugenio Suarez, that's 10. DJ LeMayhew, Hassan Kim. LeMayhew, Hassan Kim won't go over him. He'll go probably the same spot as LeMayhew around around that. Okay. Um, Justin Turner? Justin Turner's going to, I mean, Justin Turner is going to go behind both of them. Alec for Bohm? Sure. Alec Bohm ain't going ahead of his. You don't think so? He's been ninth at third base this year. I guarantee you yeah. he goes ahead of him. I don't think 295, he does. 10 homers. I think he consistently 10, 10 goes homers, ahead of him. no stolen bases. 295 average. Yeah. It, there's it, gonna be there's gonna be a focus on batting average this year. We didn't track any of our board bets this year, but I would make a board bet that that bomb is which was I, I feel like we put some there's gonna be some notifications on october 1st is that's usually I, the hope, I hope there are that i default to yeah i got ooh, one ooh. here okay i'm gonna look some of these up now i got one here um i don't quite under oh yeah i, I don't want to bring this one <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm definitely losing. what is it what is this <laughs> shit brent, <laughs> brent, brendan rogers oh yeah yeah home runs well, I was wrong. Oh, no, how, how many home runs? By a lot. How many home runs? Um, twenty-one and a half was the over/under. So yeah, he had twenty-two. He has eleven. I'm halfway. I'm halfway there. Okay, Didn't here's he have one. Like three in a game. What's that? Didn't he have like a three-homer game? Or he something? did have a three-homer <laughs> game. Yes. Um, I think we'll be. I, 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 I well, this one's gonna be interesting. I'm gonna, I'm gonna run the numbers here. I'm tell you either way, even if I'm losing. This was from June 24th forward mm -hmm. that we did one. And this one's going to be close. Oh, it's close. Yeah. And I was winning as of yesterday. And not, or no, I wasn't winning as of yesterday, but I took a hit yesterday. Martin Perez over under ERA from June 24th on. Do you remember what the over under was? Four. 420. And you're winning. Let's go, baby. 
So he, I said, I, I, I said, I'm, I'm losing as of yesterday. No, no, no. It was 402. Mm -hmm. But then he dominated Houston. He got it back down to 378. I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. Let's go. Baby. I will say though, he had a couple. Well, both duds were against Houston. He surely can't face them again. He has three starts against Houston in his last six. He does not want to see those fools again. I will say though, he survived yesterday's outing. Martin Press. So, yeah, you're probably gonna win that one too. We just kept track of all. Oh, here's one. This was the one. Oh, only problem. Uh, only problem is uh, Perez goes against uh, Toronto. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the schedule does not lighten up, so you can't celebrate that one yet. This is one with not with you, but it's with Alex Fast, and I am now sweating. I felt great on oh, this all this. year. Joe Ryan over yeah. four ERA, and you know, coming out of the break, I had a two eighty nine, and I wasn't. I didn't. I didn't say a thing. I have not bragged about. He has said, "Oh, you won that one." I'm like, "Nope, nope, nope, no, 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 I'm not taking it." Um, the second start out of the break, he gives up 10 earned, goes from a 289 to a 378. That was that five homer nightmare at San Diego. He's at 388 right now. So that mm. one is dicey. This one, I think, is Colin and I. Yes, we did a Will, Willie Calhoun versus Jake Fraley. Um, I'm going to win that one in a battle of players who never played. So, yeah, yeah I don't have, we, we definitely have more. Only, they're only losers on that bet. That's. Listen, I, I will I, I will protect my Jake Fraley. Injury was the only reason that that one didn't pan out. If you look at what he's done in his 45 games, I feel great about recommending him. Eight homers, three steals, 245 average, 114 OPS plus in 45 hey. games. Jake Fraley's a god. I'll be discriminatory, back. discriminatory practices against short people is the only reason why. Listen, Willie I'm Calhoun sorry, Willie Calhoun not. is 5'6". Yeah, and uh, has never been able to hit. But yeah, we definitely didn't keep track of all of ours. We we, we should have had more than that. But those are, you're going to win both the ones that I do have in my phone. I'll see if any other ones pop up. Um, sorry, derailed us there. But Cabrizi, where so where do you, where do you think he's going to go? Then so I had like ten third basemen before you said anybody would go ahead of him. Um, do you think Brandon Drury? Let's do a quick pivot on Brandon it, Drury. Drury um, only uh, Drury depends largely on where he ends up. Like I mean. Uh, if he ends up in a place put, where he's put getting, him in a neutral or better place in full PT, just for the sake of the argument. Full PT is all I care about. That's okay. really all I care about. Even if it's PT. even if it's not a great park, sure, I don't care. Okay, like, San Diego is not a great park. He's yeah, fine. So San would you Diego, draft him no. over Cabrisi? Yes, you have to, right? If he, if Brandon Jr. Yeah. has a full time spot, you ha like, right? Because yeah. mm -hmm. he's. He's a legit power guy. Like even before this year, I'm not saying anybody should have seen this year coming. This was a great surprise no. season. But he was he was drafted in one total NFBC. Yeah, no nobody was taking it. Nobody was taking it. If I told you though at the beginning of the year that he was guaranteed 600 plate appearances, he'd have been drafted. It's because nobody thought he was going to play in Cincinnati, and understandably so. But he has 25 homers, 79 ribs, 262 average for Jury. I think if he does have a full time role in tow. He should be like a top 12 third baseman. Um, okay, what about Yandy Diaz, who finished mm. 14th at the or who is 14th at the position? By the way, Cabrizi's 26th at third base. So those numbers that we've gotten this year have not done well at third base. Would you take Yandy Diaz ahead of him? And I know team construction would matter there, so just assume that you can take whatever. Rob, no, I don't think I'm taking Yandy Diaz. I wouldn't. Um, I mean, I, I love Diaz, but 
Like at least he's got a, a positive launch angle this year. The problem is yeah. it's, still it's still not low. good. Yeah. What about Jose Miranda? He's ahead of it because he, he's yes. only twentieth, but he had a I big would. second half. So he's mm-hmm. in the group that definitely goes above Cabrizi. Okay, we got to ask about a guy you brought up earlier, the league winner. Do people even draft John Birdie next year? They have to, right, because of how well he did. But is he gonna is he gonna be a big flop next year? Even as like be. even as like a eighteenth yeah. round pick. Like he won't be that expensive, but I still worry that he could be a flop. Well, Just because yeah, what if he doesn't play? Exactly. Like I think it all comes down to playing time. What are the Marlins gonna do? The Marlins are like a weirdly constructed team yes, in the are. in the way that like they have a pitching staff and and kind of a bullpen to compete now. Oh, absolutely. And no yes. offense. Like yes. I just you they know, need to do um, another Jazz for Gallon deal with absolutely. one of the starters. They need to find yeah. another premium bat to trade for Pablo Lopez or Edward Cabrera. Mm-hmm. Not Sandy, anyone but Sandy. Sucks that Trevor Rogers flopped this year, or else he could have been a good candidate. But they need to do another one of those trades. The beauty of Birdie is he can play a bunch of spots. Does he find enough PT? Like, would you draft him next year? I said 18th round. I, mean, I don't even know if he'll go that late. The steals might be too much, and people might just no. overdraft the shit. He'll out be of it. Th- he'll be this year's mile straw or next year's mile straw. Mm-hmm. Like it's like I mean, that's like in in. I mean, that I don't think perfect. he's necessarily got bad like skills or anything, but I think I think the guy who gets inflated way too much because of the stolen bases from this year, hoping that that's going to carry over to next year with no that's guarantee that it's going to. So. He is a better player, but he'll also be a little bit cheaper, but that is the right. But he's also at a, a position that people are going to be like wildly throwing darts at. Um, he so. has third, second, and he has outfield in oh. some leagues. He has 13 games there. Uh, he has seven yeah. games at short. I don't know. Where's he been playing lately? It's been second. He just came third. back from the IL. Yeah. So. In fact, he's hurt again right now. He's nicked up again. He missed the last yeah. three games. So, they will probably go outside the top 200. And that at that point, it might be worth a gamble. I, I don't think he will. Straw went 119, 120. And he's back. Straw's younger and was leading off. Okay, that's still 80 picks. I think it's going to be more of like the one 170 type range. I'm super interested to see where he goes. Um, I am too. I am too. I think it could be a scenario where we always talk about the guys who – Rise as the draft price as the draft season goes. I think he could start high, and people Absolutely. overdraft Birdie yep. coming right out of these uh, October November drafts. And then as everyone breathes a little bit and says, "Wait a minute, this is a utility guy who found a bunch of PT and he kicked ass, but he's 33 and can't hit that well." Um, and then people fade from there. But that that'll be interesting. So I, I would not take him over Cabrizi. I would still take Cabrizi. What about Luis Renhifo? He's been awesome mm. in the second half with the Angels. He should have PT next year. I don't think he's just getting PT because they suck. He can bounce around and, and play pretty consistently next year, too. Would you take Louis, Luis Renjifo or Cabrian Hayes? Mm. Renjifo, 11 homers, 5 steals in 100 games, 392 plate appearances. 26 years old next year. I think I'm still taking Hayes, but... It's close, uh, right? It's closer than it should be. Renifo's been just closer than it should be as solid. a negative to Cabrizi, not as because Renifo's a legit player. Like I think he's a good player. I think it's I, more I think I'm surprised Cabrizi hasn't I'm, advanced. 
Yeah, I'm just surprised how much, you know, I mean, obviously it comes down to the Angels having been just so dreadful in terms of injuries. Mm-hmm. Like, Renifo, like, he shouldn't have played this year. They were supposed to have Rendon playing third and, uh, and well, David no, he Fletcher playing second. He should have played second. I, I don't. I don't think Fletcher's that great, but I hear like he played a ton at third. Because what about Rendon then? Is Rendon going over Cabrizi for you next year? No, what I don't. Do do I don't Rendon. Are we done? I think he's got to go super, super late at this point. He's just uh, unreliable. What about yeah. Max Muncy? Is he back up over Cabrizi with his finish? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, last Somebody one. sent a great video about uh, Muncy changing his uh, stance. Uh, and where he sets up in the box. I don't know if you saw it on Twitter. Um, I'll try to I'll try to retweet it again. Um, yeah, and uh, send it to me on Gmail when you find it. Yeah, I, did, I think it, I did miss that. And it lines up right when he kind of took off. Okay, um, that that's great. So. That, like, and again, we were pessimistic coming into the season, and I stand. I mean, you were firm. You said no, and I totally understand that. And I think we were right on on that to fade him. He's yeah, had a good he, second half, but you had, had to a wait great second half. Time people dropped him like there's Absolutely. no way like if you rostered him the entire way you sunk your season like it's oh, just maybe no team, you've been able to maneuver around it but for the most part but you, you sunk your batting have, average and yeah, yeah 186 unless you weren't playing muncie for a while but he has rebounded we will take him over cabrisi next year so the bottom line is we've got about 12 or 13 that you definitely said you would take over and what about ryan mcmahon and McMahon's McMahon. been a re- really interesting case where, like, all of his value is tied up into stolen bases. Seven extra steals this year, kind of. Yeah, out of nowhere. Like, um, he had six uh, last year, I guess. I didn't realize that. But seven yeah. this year in 129 games. He had six last year in 151. So the rate is, even though it's only one extra steal, the rate is a good bit higher. Only 13 homers, only a 244 average. Yeah. And by the way, we've always known this, so I'm not like saying this to you, but just another example of how Coors cannot make players. You have to be good. You still have to be good to actually do well in that park. It cannot just create you out of thin air because this dude's supposed to be a good player. A 244 average, dude, with half your games in Coors. That's brutal. That's yeah. brutal for McMahon. Um, I, I think I would take a Brian over McMahon. Yeah, I think they're close. Um, they're, they're close, but I, I'll take the upside of the 26-year-old who also stole a bunch of bases, and I just I think he's better. I think it depends on what you need. Like if you if you need power at that point, um, then I go McMahon or positional flexibility because I think he's still going to maintain. He might. Oh, no, he he's might not. He's, he's, he's only going to be third base. Third, third only. Base. Okay. Um, so if you need power. Uh, I think I go McMahon if you need uh, a little speed batting average, which is probably what you need. Then I probably especially go. late because it's harder to get so, speed and batting average later. I'm sorry, I, I know I said last guy, but I keep finding interesting yeah. guys that aren't panning out this year that might be better next year. Luis Urias, him or Cabrian Hayes. Urias obviously dealt with a lot of injuries. He's only played 100 games, 14 homers, one steal, only a 220 average, but he doesn't strike out a ton. It's a two, 22% K rate, 8% swinging strike. It's a 251 BABIP, but he's always tracked low BABIPs outside of 2020. And I wonder if he's one of these guys like Max Kepler who plays into his own BABIP. Uh, this year, a 46% fly ball rate is certainly playing into it. But would you take Urias or Cabrian Hayes? Um, I think I... 
I think again, it's it's, it's roster construction, like right, because what Urias brings that neither McMahon or Hayes brings is positional flexibility. He's going to be eligible at second, short, and third next year, and probably the uh, best pop of the trio too, to be honest. No, no, McMahon's got better pop. No, he doesn't. Yeah, I don't does. think so. I really he don't does. think he does. He really does. By I'm based wrong. on what though? Based on what I just said. One one sixty two to one forty seven ISO this year, in favor of Urias. Fourteen homers to thirteen. In yeah, 30, that's McMahon's having. McMahon's just having a down. McMahon is not good. I didn't say he was good. I said I don't, I don't know that he got, has. I mean, he's been he's been one ninety five ISO and above the last three seasons before this year. Like the, I think we can just like. Yo, this is the anomaly in that one. And I don't think Urias is getting to that level. Um, Honestly, I'd rather Urias not. I'd rather Urias go back to being the guy he was prior to the power breakout. He makes a lot of fucking contact. He still still can, though. like That's the thing. I think he can combine it all. He had 23 homers, 5 steals, 249 last year with a 20% K, 196 ISO. I mean, you're right. McMahon had power the three years previous. I, I, I don't know. I still think... I still think at that point, I don't care about the extra six or seven steals from McMahon. Yeah, that, that's one of those, like, if I don't end up with a, a third baseman earlier, I'm just going to take whichever one of those three falls the farthest. And just, yeah, just try to spike something late. Yeah. There. I think that's fair. But I think the bottom line that we might have shown there is that third base, while not deep, has some pretty big globs that are similar. And I don't, I do think it'll keep Cabrian's price a little bit more at bay than we originally thought there when we started that discussion. That was the whole point of that exercise. Let's move on to the next guy, CJ Abrams out in Washington. If you don't have him on a team or you don't for some reason watch Washington, you might be missing that uh, he's been playing a bit better. Not great. Uh, no, nobody's like freaking out, like, oh my God. In fact, his entire Washington uh, run is not particularly special as a whole. The last like week plus or whatever, starting to find it a little bit, had a big four hit game. That's really driving it, of course. Um, is Abrams somebody that you think can take that big step next year? He'll only be 22. Remember, he's very young. A 21 year old who originally skipped AAA to get to the majors, right? Or no, no, he he spent very little time at AAA this year. No, no, he's he skipped. I'm pretty sure he skipped AAA to get to the majors in San Diego, then went back to AAA. Oh, okay. Uh, so I, uh, right after the first, he was I trust yeah. myself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the fact that he wasn't very good this year doesn't really bother me. It was almost the expect the expectation. But what do we see here to buy back into next year? Obviously, playing time will be locked and loaded for Abrams as much as he can handle, as long as he doesn't totally tank. You're not going to let somebody like if he if he doesn't improve the 65 WRC plus, I think he can get sent out. Like he needs to be better than that. But he can be like an 85 for the full year, and they'd, they'd be fine with that. Can he be a breakout next year with Abrams? How realistic is a breakout with these skills at age 22? I mean, I think it's realistic. I mean, well. I think it's definitely possible. Um, you know, like I like the contact profile uh, in terms of like his own contact skills, swing strike rate, I think are fine. Uh, really, he needs to show a little bit better control of strike zone. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, even since like just going to Washington, he's swinging outside the zone 40% of the time. So uh, that's a problem. And he's never been a big walk rate guy, which is, 
make better decisions outside the zone. Exactly. Um, it's not always know, about walking. It's it's what pitches you're swinging at. That's a great call there. Well, especially because if a pitcher like looks at that, they're they're just gonna go, "Why am I throwing it in the zone?" Like if exactly. you're not going to, like you know, uh, if if you're not going to like wait for me to put it in the zone, like I'm just gonna keep throwing it outside the zone. Um, so like I need to see a little bit of that. That being said, we're talking about a guy who was a consensus top five prospect this mm-hmm. year, like coming into this year. Um, and yes, he struggled, but he was 21 years old, skipped Triple A, got traded, um, and it's a now big on, deal. By the yeah, way. yeah, like, like that's a good lot call. has happened. Uh, I think he is going to likely, or he could potentially be the steal of draft day next year. He's going to be only shortstop eligible, which will bury him at the deepest position. Um, I think he's going to go outside of the top 25 rounds um, in uh, 15-team leagues, which means he's literally free in 10 and 12s and potentially close to free, if not free, in 15s. Uh, Yeah, I'll let you get away with that one when – when it's like literally a waiver pick or your last pick, you can yeah. call him free. That's fine. Um, and like we're talking about a guy like I don't know that there's ever going to be like twenty homer power or anything, but like I think he could be what we want Cabrian Hayes to be, which is like a fifteen thirty guy with a good batting average. Okay. Um, and he's in going to be in a better park for power, anyways, uh, on a team that is going to give him an opportunity to play. Uh, I think. I think Abrams is is like he's this year's said or this Cedric Mullins. No, he's not. He's probably not this year's Cedric Mullins. But he nah, when I write that article this year, more, people, but you got to be more um, out of nowhere to be said. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, like, we know CJ sure. Abrams, and he's hitting. He's been hitting the bottom line. But um, I think he. I think he's like a potential like uh, you know game changer at the end of a draft. You know, a guy that has all the tools to be really, really good. Um, he just needs to make, you know, a couple small tweaks and he's got the pedigree. A- Abrams has the pedigree mm-hmm. to say that, Hey, he can do this. Like I, I, th- so like, yeah, I do. I'm, uh, I think people are, I, th- I think he could be this year's Andres Jimenez. How about that? That's, that's something that I can, I can see more, um, because twenty twenty three is Andre Jimenez. Yeah, twenty twenty three, Andres Jimenez. Like, because Jimenez was somebody who took who took a big leap. In fact, mm-hmm. I, I was I was pretty ner- nervous on him, or not even nervous. I was just kind of like, I'm not, I don't see it yet. I, I'll, I'll catch up with you if he got, if he actually does something. So I missed the boat this year, but yeah, I, I was too early. Yeah, you you were on him last year. A lot of people were, and I wonder how many of those people stuck with him. You said you jumped off. It wasn't even that it was expensive. It's I didn't jump on it. I just never got him. Like that's the thing. Never it, ended you you up weren't saying that. like, Oh, he sucks. It was just, there were other guys to get. Yeah. And I wonder how many, how many guys that happened to who liked him in his last year that just, Hey, we wound up getting other players. I'm not upset with who I got, but I didn't get the Jimenez breakout, but that's a good call there that CJ Abrams could possibly be next year. Jimenez. Let's go back to the American League, and talk about a couple of interesting Royals. Vinny Pasquantino has ended up being um, the interesting breakout. And in uh, unique name, got him some attention. The fact that he was killing it in the minors, 
The reason he never really broke through as a prospect partly was, I think, because of Nick Prado, who was there, first base prospect as well. They had Carlos Santana. It's like, well, where are Prado and Pasquantino going to play? Well, they found they found spots for both. Pasquantino's nicked right now, but they were both playing DH first base. Prado's been up. He has not uh, been quite as good as Vinny P just yet. He hasn't been bad either. 97 WRC plus right there around average. A lot of swing and miss, a lot of power. Seven homers in 43 games, but a 36% K rate, 15% swing strike rate. A bit all or nothing right now. Still taking 10% walks. The power's there. Can he rein in that swing and miss there for Nick Prado? And will you buy back next year on Nick Prado? Oh, um, swing and miss is a real problem. We're talking about like a 15% swing and strike rate. A zone contact that's 80 or sorry, 78 mm percent. -hmm. Uh, and again, for league context, like the uh, league, league wide zone contacts, 85 percent. So, anytime you're in the 70s in zone contact, that's really bad. Oh, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really liked Prado coming up. Um, because there is a lot of raw power, but he was supposed to have a better hit tool than this, and it just has never really developed. Um, it's a and, it's a lot of swing and miss. Yeah, um, I just I, yeah, it has me very nervous. I love the fact that he walks double digit right, right, but mm -hmm. we also have not seen him steal a single base. He was supposed to be a guy who could like chip in double digit stolen bases potentially as well. Uh, he hasn't even attempted a stolen base. Um, I just don't know. Bangers. Yeah, I don't. I just don't know that there's enough that's special with his profile that makes him anything more than like a draft and hold candidate or ale only. Um, oh, I, you're not even drafting Prado in mixed leagues. I don't think so. First base is going to be really deep. Well, yeah, because um, I was going to I was going to bring that up, but I was also going to say he should be dirt cheap though. Then right. He should. He absolutely should be. Like if he's like not, we shouldn't be paying much for Nick. Prado. You shouldn't have to pay anything. You really shouldn't. Like, there, like even in like he's been much better over the last two weeks. He's still striking out at like a thirty-seven percent clip, like and making below eighty percent zone contact. Let's, like, let's play a little. Time. Let's play a little spin it forward here. Right. Last three weeks go well. Hits another okay. six homers. Basically doubles his total. Okay. So he's got thirteen homers and say. A 111 WRC plus strikeout rate gets down to 31%. So it only shaves okay. five points off of it. Walk rate up to like 13% by season's end. So a little bit of a different profile. How does that suit you if he finishes with a strong final month? With what does that change your your face? If for those that aren't watching, says not really. That doesn't move the needle that much. I don't know that it you're still playing in Kaufman. Yep, which um, up power. That's a good call. In a division with some really darn good pitching, um, on a team that doesn't have a ton around you yet, mm -hmm. um, I mean it's getting better. Um, but it, like the Royals are like one of these like constructed teams where it's like there's just enough good players where he's not going to bat towards the top, but not enough good players where his runs and RBIs will be that good. Um, that, that, that's a great way to put it, by the way. That's so accurate. Um, and so, like, you're talking about a guy who, and the, and Vinny P is a problem for him because Vinny P played well. Yeah, and it's not like Prado is like a good enough outfield defender to like 
keep him in the lineup if he's struggling. Like, you know, um, is he, yeah, he could play some outfield, right? He could, he, yeah, yeah. He, or no, no, no. Well, Prado's been, or, I mean, Prado, 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 not, not Vinny yeah. Prado, Prado playing some potential he's, outfield. Yeah, he's played eight games in the outfield this year. So, um, I don't know. I just don't think he's that interesting. Like I, you know, and this is a huge bummer for me because I'm really invested in dynasty leagues. Um, he's so good in the minors. I think you're giving up too early, man. He's great in triple a. I'm not saying he's done. I'm just saying for next year, I don't see like, I, I I don't see why, like he should be a guy you pick up off the waiver wire when he gets hot. I don't know that he's a guy that you, I I guess in 15 team leagues, you, you know, if you need a guy at the end of your bench who is first base, like you just don't draft those guys at the end. Like those, are, yeah. Like that, you're looking that, for. That's definitely true. But did you maybe overrate his hitting tool, his hit tool? Yeah, because, absolutely, I did. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, you look at you know, thirty-one percent K rate in AAA this year, twenty-nine percent last year, twenty-nine percent in Double A. So I feel like he's been saying, "Hey, I, I've got this swing and miss part to my game." Mm-hmm. I you power is, I, is I, I ignore I ignored it because we saw like some years of like double digit stolen base rates with the power and you went ooh this could be Paul Goldschmidt he's Lots not to Paul dream Goldschmidt. on yeah yeah no he's not Paul Goldschmidt definitely not. okay um, well I, I think that's uh, that's reasonable you, you you've laid out some reasonable takes here of why you have some concerns with. Uh, with Nick Prado next year. I think the price will make it easy to buy back in on if you like him, and that is kind of the key driver. But if you find yourself in like an AL only or one of those deeper leagues where maybe it isn't quite as cheap, maybe you're not diving back in. I still like Prado, though. I'm I'm, I'm a big fan, but I like Vinny P, and I'm probably willing to pay the premium on Vinny P, and then I'm not going to get both on my team. I just don't really see Mm -hmm. the value there. Edward Oliveris. Did not get sent down 5,000 times this year. Did get sent to the IL 5,000 times. Um, so that, you know, the, the Royals, they put in a rule to make sure that the Royals couldn't couldn't send him back and forth uh, all those times like previous years. But unfortunately, when you're hurt, you get to go on the IL uh, as much as they want and put you there. And that was kind of the derailment this year. But he played very well when he was playing. 109 plate appearances right in line with last year's 111. He went from an 86 WRC plus to a 126. A 40-point jump there. Uh, batting average being the pretty much all of it. A 244 to 370 BABIP. Drove his batting average from 238 to 303. Edward Olivares, three homers. Only two steals. Two out of five on the bases. Maybe this guy doesn't really throw in the, the extra speed that we had hoped for. But I still like the bat. He'll be 27 next year. He should get playing time if his body will will be there. Do you like Edward Oliveris on a buyback? He's not quite a rookie, but are we done here, or is this cheap enough that you'd stick with Edward Oliveris? I think it's cheap enough. Like he was good when he played, um, and uh, they hate him, man. He's not even injured. They put him on the IL. That's what they did. No, that, just... What what I thought was crazy was they they pretended it was like some fun little gag where they were going to recreate the Nancy Kerrigan, Tanya Harding thing, <laughs> but then they actually hit Edward Oliveris's leg. It was really mm-hmm. messed up. dude. I feel like it should have gotten more coverage because he got hurt from that. And they were all just laughing, thought it was like a, a rookie prank and he's not even a rookie. So he shouldn't have even been part of that. But yeah, they, 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 Nancy, they, they, Tanya Harding his leg. Mm-hmm. And now, uh, now we just, we can't get Edward Oliveris on the field. I, I, I guess I just, I wonder mm-hmm. like, News in Kansas City gets buried like that. That's really, just, like, you know, that should be front page news because that's yeah, messed you would up. think so, yeah. But they just they just covered it. 
if he's healthy, is he a full-time player for them? Probably not because they they dislike him. Um, you know, and they now have like Drew Waters has been playing, you know, halfway decently. One of the big keys is the Melendez uh Perez combo. Because yeah, Melendez is obviously not going anywhere. Perez isn't either. They both have to play. That puts Melendez DH slash outfield. And that take like he's played 15 games in right, 13 in left. So he eats up a lot of outfield time there. Mm-hmm. You've got Drew Waters, as you mentioned. Uh, Prado could be out there trying to get some playing time too. So like two of the uh, position cloggings, so to speak, or, you know, guys that, that are, are blocked at their position are going to push out into the outfield and that's going to eat up time for guys like an Edward Olivares. Kyle Isbell is somebody who plays really good defense that they might want to play out there. So it's not as cut and dry. I wonder if they make some moves. Uh, Michael A. Taylor... He is free agent. No, no, he's under contract for next year. And that's the big thing. I don't know. Maybe he got he got a little nicked right before the deadline, but he was he was healthy by the time the deadline came. Yeah, they they just didn't move him Um, because they probably go look how cheap we have a guy who is like you know a very good defender. And and, that's true, but and a you know a league average bat like. yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean that is true, but still, it's 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 rough. Uh, I wonder if they trade him at the beginning, like prior to Tra- the season. Trade Taylor this off season. I think if we bad. if if we see Taylor get traded, then we can go. Okay, Oliveras like becomes the guy who can play center. I, um, I agree. I think that's. But until then, I mean, I'll be honest. Right now, anyway, it's only draft and hold for me with with yeah, Oliveras anyway. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to be as worried about the playing time. But if something developed and he gets full-time PT, then a 15-teamer standard league, I would be more interested in him yeah. as one of my last guys. The one thing we haven't mentioned, which is probably the most important thing, uh, and this is a throwback, he will turn 27 before uh, the start of the season. Magic. It's, it's yeah, it's time. All right. Well, that, that's reason enough. I just moved him up 200 spots on my board. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that one. Uh, next up, we go to Minnesota. A lot of these have had two teams. In fact, we're going to revisit another team where I could have paired uh, Geraldo, Geraldo Perdomo with Josh Rojas, but I, I split them up. But the other team ones have stayed together. Let's go to Minnesota. And injuries have, have derailed these two here, but these are two intriguing players, uh, Alex Kirloff and Royce Lewis. Royce Lewis was, of course, blocked by Correa being there, but then Correa got nicked. Royce Lewis found some time. Then he was playing some outfield, and then freaking injury got him. Kirloff, the the wrist has just consistently been an issue, and it has finally derailed him for the season. So both these guys had some intrigue. Let's start with Lewis, who I think is a bit more intriguing right now because I'm just very nervous about Kirloff with the wrist. When he played, it was very little. It was 41 plate appearances, but Lewis was awesome. 300, 317, 550 with a couple homers. Such a small sample that I, I really don't want to parse it too much. But he was also great in AAA, too. It's just that health uh, escaped him this year. He only had 194 combined plate appearances between the two levels, but he was excellent. Uh, five homers, 12 steals in his 153 at AAA. Is Royce Lewis somebody you're ready for? ready to buy for a breakout next year at age 24. Mm, maybe. I think he's a draft and old guy for sure. Uh, and I think you, if you can get him super, super late, which you should be able to, especially in early drafts, 
Um, I think he is a worthy gamble um, because I think the upside is still so huge on him. Um, I'm you know, with that, by the way. I'm I'm taking. I'm very in on on him. I, I will say. I mean, him we're talking. Sorry. Yeah, we're talking about a guy who I think, if he can just if he can stay healthy, and show league average contact ability, which he was doing in that small sample, right? Mm-hmm. He's got legit power in the bat and a ton of speed. Um. So I mean, he legit could be like a 2020 or even better if he can find playing time. And so you're talking about a guy who you're probably getting outside the top 40 rounds in draft and hold. That's a potential 2020 guy uh, or better, um, you know, and while there are a lot of bodies in Minnesota, a lot of them are just bodies. Yeah. Like, they're, they're also broken. Like, yeah. Like, Warnark like and Kirloff and, um, I mean, they don't even have Brent Rooker. He's, he's in Kansas. He's gone, like, but like yeah. Jake cave, um, like, yeah, it's, Gilbert, you, Gilberto Celestino. There's like this Buxton guy that oh. always Buxton uh, like, B- always gets hurt. B- Buxton, Buxton, Buxton. Sorry, yeah, he's, I forgot he's okay. Accident. He's okay. Yeah, he's always hurt. So, but seriously, like they do have a lot of injured guys there, and that's just the outfield. Correa could opt out. Do you think he will? By the way, he didn't know. have like a special season. He has three WAR. I mean, he could rally and finish with like four WAR. Um, and let's say he plays another, you know. 25 games or so so he'll be uh, at around 135 is that enough to opt out a four win season of, for 135 games mm. i think it depends on what the uh what they I do mean, in the playoffs well what they do in the playoffs but also like what the market looks like in terms of like who else is going to be available yeah um you know because one of the things that hurt him was there was a bias and a seager on the market as well and Sam. Um, and yeah, story. and Samian and Story, yeah, it was a huge shortstop yeah. market. And I don't think that I haven't, I, I, I haven't looked recently, but I don't think that this market is supposed to be nearly as good. Not nearly so, as good. I, I will pull it up, but uh, yeah, um, I think you're you're dead right that. So he might he might be able to just opt out and go. I'll get my big deal now. Um, you know, and, and Bogarts can opt out, and I, there's been talk that he will. And that's and then um, Trey and Dansby. That's actually now uh, that's another robust four pack there. With then Bogart. maybe not. It, it, I Correa. forgot. Trey. Dansby's a free agent. Yeah, he's twenty nine wow. years old. Man, he's been around for a minute. It's time for him to. You get would have thought that they would have locked him up with. That's the, other the guys, thing, though. and I mean, they have been talking about it. And given everything else that they've done and on the good deals that they have, don't be surprised if he just goes right back there. Especially if they make mm-hmm. another deep run or win it again. I think they would just say, let's just keep this band together. But um, Tim Anderson has a club option. There's no universe where they don't pick it up. No, So I didn't even Mm -hmm. want to include him. But Turner, Swanson, guaranteed. Correa and Bogarts can both opt out. And I think both. Maybe he just does whatever, like, Swanson doesn't do. Like, if Swanson hits the market, he goes, I'm not hitting the market. Because Swanson is a better version of him. Um, He really is. Yeah. And, like... You know, uh, and because Correa is also oh, Correa's only twenty seven. Wow, I yeah, forget how young Correa is. Twenty eight. So, so. yeah, um, you're buying on the right side of thirty, which is hard to do with a premium free agent. So that that will give him value if he wants to go out. Let's uh, the money that he would get Correa for next year if he just stuck there would be 
That'd be like thirty million. 30 yeah, thirty. Million. Oh, all, all all five years are thirty-five million. He can just opt out every time. Oh, all three years. It's three years. Or three years. That's right. That's yeah. right. That's right. Sorry. Uh, it, the way it's listed, they list it like it's five years. But um, yeah, so he can take another thirty-five mil. He might actually stay there. Minnesota, they got some things going. But anyway, mm -hmm. Royce Lewis, we know can play the outfield, so that wouldn't matter. What about Kirloff? Are you done with this? Uh, with this guy yeah. with his wrist? Yeah, I, I was done coming into this year. I'm going to be done yeah. again. Like it just. I, I, I'm not in. I can't if, do if it. he if he is literally free in a 15 team league, I'll take the gamble. Like especially early drafts where I do think he could get buried if he's just we don't have news. Like if if I can get him in a league where I can drop him, I don't want him in a draft in a league because you just don't want that spot. You just don't want to get stuck. Um, but like in a in a 30 round league or a league that drafts early before any sort of hype gets going. You take a gamble, and then if he's not there, then you drop him for the Nick Prado or the yep. you know other guy you know at first base that makes sense. But I just I, I know that there's talent in there. I just don't know that I I don't know that it's a special enough talent to deal with the injuries. I, and I don't think it is. I think that you hit on the perfect point there with regards to Alex Kirilov. Does he have? enough game-changing ability that makes it worth this headache. And I don't really think so. We've been waiting for the power to come. The, uh, uh, what's it called? The the wrist saps that power, and it's it's a problem. So, um, you know, I'm definitely taking Lewis. He's a target. He's actually somebody I'm very interested in. Kirilov, no thanks. Mm -hmm. Agreed. All right, let's move on. Oh, comment here says, the upside for Kirilov and Lewis will replace Kepler and Garlic easily. Uh, so as far as playing time, yeah, they might be able to clear it out so where they have the playing time. But with Kirilov, I just can't trust that wrist. And I also wouldn't be surprised if they brought back Kepler because he's such Kepler. a good defender. Yes. Um yes. agreed. You know, and, and he will he won't be he won't be expensive. I'd love him to go somewhere else, but uh I could definitely see him staying in Minnesota. Yeah. He's, he's just a quality player. Mm -hmm. uh, Geraldo Perdomo, I hinted at him earlier, not quite on the same caliber as uh, a Josh Rojas, but um, you know, another diamond back here. Switch hitting shortstop has been dreadful in his sample this year. Four homers, eight steals, but a 195 average. 289 OBP, though, almost a 100-point split because he has an 11% walk rate, 21% K rate. The plate skills aren't bad. Is there anything else here though? Because there's been no power. 071 ISO, 30 game power, 30 raw. So the power is not coming. Is there enough here where he could raise the batting average and continue to steal and be part of this upstart Diamondbacks team? Or is Geraldo Perdomo just a better real life player than than fantasy? Um yeah, I think he's probably a better real life player than fantasy. Uh that being said, like I think if he tried to go up a little bit more and you know because he's never gonna have the power especially in that park that plays uh but like he makes good zone contact and so like the fact that he's hitting like 210 um is a One, little 195 sub two. Oh, sorry okay sorry yeah um but i uh, also agree it should be better yeah like i think he's a guy who could hit like 250 um and then if you know 250 with a 10 percent walk rate means he's getting on base enough where he could really steal some bases, which is where his value could come from. So I think he's a drafting old guy because he's going to play every day. Uh, you know, he, he's a, he's been a positive defensive player for them. Um, they seem to like him. Mm -hmm. uh, and I do think that there is at least some stolen base upside. 
in that profile. So like he could be like a, a 10 20 guy if things broke right for him. Uh, so draft and hold ML only a guy that um, you're just kind of keeping an eye on uh, and seeing if he can maybe just have a little bit better um, uh, a, a plan of attack at the plate. It's not necessarily, I mean, he's got a good approach, but He's just, I think he's trying to pull it for power a little bit too much. And I think he needs to just kind of spray it to all fields and say, yeah. I'm, I'm okay not being a big homer guy, but I'm going to get on base. Um, I'm going to set the havoc. table and I'm yes. going to steal bases. And uh, yeah, I think, yeah, deeper leagues, uh, like super, super deep leagues, draws and holds, things like that. Yep. That's Geraldo Perdomo uh, with the Diamondbacks. Then our last one here, Miami Marlin, we talk about them needing offense, a breakout from Jesus Sanchez. Could be just what the doctor ordered there as far as jump-starting that offense. He did some things early on. Looked like maybe, hey, the breakout's coming. The swing and miss caught up to him. Um, 205, 271, 387 with a 27% K rate, 7% walk rate. 12 homers in 93 games, but it just wasn't enough. And he's in AAA right now. He's not even playing, uh, not due to injury, but due to underperformance. They sent him out. And I get it because things just weren't going that well for Jesus Sanchez. Um, does he rebound next year at age 25? Um, yes, I think he, I think he can. And I think he should, uh, like he actually made some improvements in the underlying skills in terms of like his approach and, um, in contact skills, he had league average zone contact. We're talking about a guy who's swing strike rate, uh, is, uh, 12.6%. So, I mean, that's like a 25% strikeout rate. Mm -hmm. um, he's at a 26%. So, fine, right? There's a ton of power on the bat. Like, that's what it, a guy with his raw power that we're looking for him to untap. Like, I want to see that. Um, I'm actually a little surprised he's not in the majors. He should be in the majors. Just give him a chance. Like, yeah, it, it is a little. Like, what, what are they doing? And he's been terrible in the minors. And I wonder if it's just because he's like, what, why am I here? Yeah, like I mean, do we like Joey Wendell's a nice player and stuff, he's a cool, cool role player for a team like this? But like, do we need to see Wendell and Brian Anderson playing every day? I don't think we do. Let's see what Jesus Sanchez has and see if he's like a real like part of this team. Like, I think there's exactly. another guy that's gonna be free in drafts because people were getting a little bit excited to him going around like pick 230 or whatever it is going. Um, and he completely disappointed part of its injury, right? He missed a mm -hmm. lot of time this year. Uh, but like, yeah, I mean, I think he's a third, a potential 30 homer bat if things come together. And it looked like at least on the underlying skills that, uh, the power is there. So, uh, <laughs> that's, that's a good question about the park. Uh, Gnostic <laughs> baseball asking, does anybody really hit in Miami asking for a friend named obviously Garcia? Both of them, you know, uh, Avi came in as a free agent with Soler. Those two were supposed to join forces with Sanchez and really give them some punch. It's a tough park. It is undoubtedly a tough park on lefties in the last three years. It has a 89 home run park factor, which is 24th in the league. And on righties over the last three years, my uh, Lone Depot Park is has an 84 home run park factor, which is 25th. So it is difficult. It is difficult, but I think they've played even worse, all three of those guys, than that park, uh, you know, than that park suggests. Like they've been suppressed beyond even uh, what should be normal there. So I don't know what's up with them. But do you worry about power guys in Miami just because of where half their games are? And then the other half are playing teams like uh, Atlanta 
and uh, the Mets and the Phillies with two aces. Is it just tough to take Miami hitters right now because of a double factor of difficult division and brutal park? I mean, you definitely downgrade guys for the park, and and I mean the you know the division they're going up against uh, in terms of terms of the pitching, but um, like I'm done with Void guys because of that. Like I, th- you know, a good hitter is a good hitter. I'm going to take mm-hmm. him. I think you know the bigger issue for for a guy like Jesus Sanchez is uh, they invest the Marlins invested money in that outfield and. Like he does, he needs a trade not because of the park, but he needs a trade because you know, once Avisel Garcia and Jorge Soler are healthy next year, now you got JJ Boudet playing well, um, or well enough where he probably is going to get a shot, uh, especially because they need a center fielder. Um, true, he may just be odd, ma- odd man out, uh, and maybe he, he does he need played some center field though. Uh, Jesus Sanchez did, yeah, but, but I think Boudet is a better defender. Um, especially when you've got a potential of Soler in that outfield, like you need a you need a better defender in in, uh, in in center. So I wouldn't be surprised if they if they find a um, a trade partner uh, for a guy like him. I think they got to find a partner for Avi or Soler. I, I, they, if they trade Sanchez, I think they just sure. signed those guys. I know, but they suck. Yeah, but they what are they gonna what are they gonna trade? For? They're not going to trade. The, they're not. They're not going to be able to trade those guys. At least for not right now. Like, why would you trade a twenty-five-year-old Jesus Sanchez? Because where are you going to play him when you're outfield? When you're committed to both these, so he's not on. an outfielder. He's DH automatically. Yeah. So you go Sanchez, Blade, Garcia. I mean, I like it. I just don't know that they will. Like I. You know. They're morons if if they played any other it's way. It's in AAA right now, and both those guys are hurt. I understand. That's like a they, different than trading him though. They're they're insane if they do that. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying they're insane if they do that. I just you know if if you're in September in a lost season and you're playing Brian Anderson, Garrett Cooper, um, and who was the other bomb I mentioned? Uh, Joey Wendell. Uh, uh, Joey Wendell. Like, like come on. Like hey, why hey, take hey, you Sanchez? Hey, Garrett Cooper's been fine this year. Relax. I know, but he's not part of the next good team. No, I know. I know. I, like, I don't know why Sanchez is in the minors. Yeah. like Maybe it's a personality situation in there. Like, you know, you got to go clear your head down. I don't know. It does seem stupid to not yeah. be playing him when you're playing out the string. I agree. Maybe, I maybe agree. they're trying to win a AAA championship. I don't, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. But anyway, there, there's a group of guys that uh, have not panned out this year that we're rebuying, or we're, we are rebuying in on as a group for the most part. I'm eager to see a lot of these guys' prices um, based on what they've done this year, and obviously that will determine a lot. But for the most part, this is a group that we feel like we can get a good discount on uh, to still buy back in on some potential upside. Gavin Lux, Josh Rojas, Nolan Gorman, Spencer Torkelson, Riley Green, O'Neill Cruz, Cabrian Hayes, C.J. Abrams, Nick Prado, Edward Olivares, Royce Lewis, Alex Kirloff, Geraldo Perdomo, and Jesus Sanchez. Justin? Good luck tonight in Tau Daily. You got some decisions ahead of you. Uh, a lot of good pitching tonight that you can choose. Uh, there's a game in Coors. You're gonna fade or, mm-hmm. or play. Lots of different options. Ooh. Yeah, I wish I, you the best. Thanks, man. It's uh, it's been a very very uh, fun uh, season with a pretty stressful end so far. Uh, and you had uh, to rally to get to this spot, right? I had to win the week. 
That's um, right. On Friday. To, and really sweat it out because Derek Cardi, who ended up being my like final real competitor, mm -hmm. uh, he, he stacked the the Angels game, um, Angels Astros game, which of course was the late last game to finish that night. So um, you're just sitting there like Come I'm just on. and he like he needed I think I think he needed twelve points, so like a home run from Otani or Trout, and they of course like led off the the bottom of the ninth and um, and like terrifying. Rafael Montero, my boy. Came in and struck struck both uh, uh, Otani and Trout out, and I I was able to take the screenshot, send it over to you, and be like, I'm I'm in the final. So um, yeah, I I I've had a really good season in Tout Daily in DFS in general this year, um, making really up for my my subpar uh, uh, season long, um, which is weird that because I think Fab has been my biggest weakness in season long, but I've been killing DFS. So like I, I don't know where the disconnect is, but. Ultimately, uh, I'm really hoping to bring home a championship because uh, it may be the only championship I bring home. <laughs> but you, you have done really well in uh, uh, in DFS stuff this year, even mm -hmm. though it hasn't been the season that you want mm -hmm. uh, season-long-wise. And we were actually looking over some things in our main, and your collapse is wild because we were uh, yeah. telling you how well uh, Dave Potts has like, slowly matriculated up, and you guys have basically – been two ships passing in the night because you were way up at the top you were in first yeah and then hanging in that two three four spot now you're down at 14 pots was in the like 11 to 14 range for a lot of the year he's grinded his way up to sixth it's just crazy and it just you know again unfortunately it's a negative end for you but it shows how much time there is even when you're looking in in like late june early july and you're like mm -hmm. hey i'm doing well here it's like the season's just getting going at that point absolutely but anyway, great talking with you. We'll talk again on Friday, bright and early in the morning. Peace. Take it easy.